<clears throat> well, I'm Bobby Navia. And I'm Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome back, everybody, to the couch. I've uh, been away for a while. Yeah, sure have. But uh, we're back, and that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, life stuff, holiday things. COVID. <laughs> technological malfunctions, <laughs> all sorts of stuff has uh, come between us and you, faithful listeners. Yes, it has. But no more. <clears throat> We're back. We're going to make it a regular thing again. We are. Yeah. We got plans to make it a regular mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And uh, we got stuff to talk about. Oh, <laughs> <of stuff. laughs> um, so if this is your first time listening to one of our episodes, uh, I'll just give you a brief rundown of what our episodes were in the past, what they still will be, but also some of the new stuff we're going to do uh, coming up. So uh, Doran and I review movie trailers. We just, the two minute, two and a half minute movie trailers that come out for movies. And uh, we base everything off of that. Like mm-hmm. the rest of the world, like all yeah. you nice people who listen to us. We but can make all of our assumptions from them because <laughs> they tell us everything now. <laughs> yeah. Also, between the two of us, we've watched everything important there is to watch in yeah. the world. <laughs> so. True. Or and if we haven't, we're we're working hard on it. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> um, so you know, since since two years ago, since COVID, since everything everything that's been going on in the world, like uh, movie movie trailers, movie releases have changed quite a bit in the world. And so while we're still going to be doing uh, trailer reviews uh, every once in a while, um, Doran and I over the past couple of years have been uh, buying a. Not that we don't always buy physical media because we are physical media buyers, but uh, we've been buying a lot of um, physical media from just like boutique um, boutique companies like Vinegar Syndrome, Severin, uh, Shout Factory, uh, Blue Underground, um, all these all these companies that are restoring you know, older <laughs> horror exploitation. Uh, some softcore, some hardcore porn, all that, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, one of the companies we've been buying a lot from is a company called Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. And so for the next couple episodes, you know, in between episodes w- where we review trailers, we're going to highlight one of these companies and talk about our favorite movies. We're going to kind of keep it the top three, and I'm sure there'll be some other ones that'll get sprinkled in here and there as, as we're as we're talking about all these because we're very excited about yes. <laughs> yes, all these movies and all these companies. Um, and uh, it's kind of given like another life to, um, I don't know, for, for me, like going to the movies a lot. I, I feel like I've gone, I go to the movies a lot. Yeah. Uh, or at least I used to before the state of the world, but now I only find myself going to, going to a movie if it's something like, uh big and expensive mm-hmm. uh and not that i don't go for you know smaller stuff where we've been at the music box quite a bit yeah uh, in the last couple months and everything like that but being able to order stuff from these uh these companies like has been highlighting a lot of older stuff that i never knew was out there totally and it's just it's been equally if not more entertaining than yeah what's being put out today and it's exciting you know because it feels you know it has the weight and the feel of a new release yes. you know of like the anticipation like you know we put in the order you get the fucking tracking number you're <laughs> like holy shit it's gonna be here on thursday <laughs> all right we gotta you know gotta gotta round up the crew yeah um you know we got these like four movies coming in like they all sound awesome and you know a couple of them are gonna suck and a couple of them are gonna be like a thousand times better than you ever could have expected <laughs> right and it's just it's a really good time you know it's a lot of fun it's you know it's a better 
it's a better social experience than you can get at movie theaters these days <laughs> yeah. because in movie theaters everyone's like I heard you coughing in there man you stay away yeah like, you know <laughs> um man if you sneeze it's like a gunshot in a movie theater these days yeah. just everyone's like what the fuck was that yeah like, fuck well, I only got <laughs> nine lives now yeah. <laughs> um but uh uh but anyway yeah so it's you know it's really cool to like get together you know and and be able to watch these things and you know kind of have that that same experience of like the excitement of seeing something new, you know, mm-hmm. cause to us it's new. Yeah. We haven't seen it. Or sometimes they're releasing stuff that like we've adored for years, but have only ever seen on like shitty VHS quality, like transfers. Right. And then now they've done this like 4k scan of the original camera negative. And it's yeah. like, you guys, this is incredible. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it, it's sort of like, I don't know for you know for a lot of reasons even pre-covid i've just been less and less personally less and less excited about the you know theatrical experience just because of what was coming out you mm-hmm, know it's mm-hmm. really like dominating the theatrical landscape these days right um plenty of art house stuff and foreign stuff you know and and yeah the occasional mainstream movie that i still really enjoy so you know those are always a good time and i'm not like saying you know i'm not knocking the theatrical experience whatsoever right right um but you know uh this has like really filled in that gap for me. It's like the, this, these companies putting out this physical media and the way that they do it. And, you know, just kind of like, I love the, the kind of showmanship that they put behind it too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they write these really grandiose, like um, synopses of the movies and stuff. And like when they announce them, it's like in these, you know, it's like the old, old movie posters you look at and it's like the tagline is like the greatest motion picture ever made. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's shit like that. That's just like, well, damn, I got to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I miss some of that hyperbole, you know, it, it was fun. It, yeah. it, it was like, okay, I know you're bullshitting me. I know you're fucking PT Barnum, you know, but <laughs> sure. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll buy in. That sounds like a good time. And, uh, and generally it is. So I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the uh, those advertisements that you talk about, mm-hmm. and then when we, uh, I, I'm I, I'm sure it'll come up when we talk about our, our picks for for Vinegar Syndrome. But um, there have been a few pop ups at like Music Box that Vinegar Syndrome has had, and um, the uh, the people usually working there is usually this guy named Will. The way that Lee like he talks about each of the movies, like you know, aside from like, oh my god, you have to own this, but like gives you just the stellar rundown of why <laughs> I feel like when I first like started to, uh, when I first started to get to know you, I feel like it was, that's the way I would try to like get you into like, Doran, you have to watch this half a billion dollar, <laughs> yeah. you know, special effects extravaganza. It's so emotional. It'll hit you. you know? <laughs> and it's like, but now it's these group of people who are doing this for movies from the sixties and the seventies and eighties that were made on a shoestring budget that, sometimes more often than not have like way more heart and creativity in them than something that's like half a billion dollars that's opening this weekend. Yeah. You know, or sometimes they were just made by a bunch of idiots in the woods (laughs) with a camera, you know, but until you watch it, you don't really know. Exactly. (laughs) Or if you've got a guy like Will, yes. Shout out to Will at the music box. Yes. uh, Then, you know, you got someone to help, help cut through some of the clutter. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which is which is nice. But but the you know, the journey of discovery that we've had, you know, that's sort of like personal that like, you know, we'll you and, and I and our and our friend Ben, who is also really into this stuff, um, you know, we'll buy different things and then it's like when one is like a like really hits, 
you know, it's like the, you know, like wildfire just spread. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, you guys, <laughs> you need to just add this must now. buy. buy like it. you have to like, don't want to say shit. You just, you just trust me. You've got to get it. And like, you know, any one of us that stumbles across that, it's like a, there's a trust level that's developed, mm-hmm. you know, between us that if you, if we get a, a, a missive like that from the others, it's like, no question. I don't even look at the trailer. I don't like yeah. read about it. like, uh, hem and haw about it. It's like, no, I mean, if Ben or Bobby said like, this is a, you should get this 100% <laughs> must own. Then like, I'm just, that's just a straight up purchase right there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so it's fun. It's a, you know, that, that whole social dynamic mm-hmm. around like discovering, you know, the video store we've compared so many times, to, like the video store dynamic of, you know, sometimes buying stuff based on cover art. You're like, Oh, this looks really cool. And then it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's amazing, you know, like 10 times better, but still wildly uh, inconsistent with what you thought it was going to be mm-hmm. <laughs> based on the cover art. Um, but that as well of like, you know, finding stuff and then just that word of mouth kind of like, you guys, you have to fucking check this out. You know, I do love it's cool to have know, that. I do love uh, I watch a lot of mainstream stuff. I watch a lot of all the shows on like Disney Plus and, you know, I mean, saw the new Spider-Man movie and, you know, really excited for the new Batman movie and everything. But like this uh getting into this world has like i i'm i'm excited and happy to be part of that like it's not i don't want to call it a niche because it, it didn't go anywhere really you know it just kind of like even like vhs is kind of coming back mm-hmm. a, a little bit and yeah. at least in the you know with the conversations that we have with people mm-hmm. uh, around this stuff that are uh not you or myself or or, or ben but um I like being able to to go to these places now and and just like talk to people about like oh man did you see blades no, yeah I didn't see blades oh let me yeah. tell you about blades you know what I mean it's like someone knows what I'm talking about but there could be somebody like you know two people away that are just like what the fuck is happening like mm-hmm. what are they talking about yep. that's because you know it's yeah. not in the mainstream per they're, se you know? yeah they're throwing around these movies I've never even heard of any <laughs> yeah. of these and they're all like of course I've seen fucking you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but um, as you can hear on our voices, this is the kind of this is the sort of excitement. Yeah, that has yeah sort of uh, that I don't get from like most stuff mm-hmm. kind of being made, and you know, frankly, it's you know the reboot, remake, re whatever, reunion, <laughs> reimagining <laughs> of everything nowadays is like I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty tiresome. Yeah, I find. Uh, so yeah, so this is a a refreshing cause yeah, this is where like creativity thrives is sort of in these smaller circles. Yeah. Um, you know, where these people just kind of like, they just had like an idea and some passion and sometimes it worked out really well and sometimes it didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, before we get to, uh, our, our respective vinegar syndrome picks, uh, and everything, um, Dorian and I, a couple years back, we did a best of the decade and like a best top 10 of the decade, top 10 of the year. Uh, and we didn't do one for, for last year for 2021, but we thought, uh, to give you a bit more of our, you know, separate tastes on things, uh, we would just give you what our top movie was for 20, 2021, 2021, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're all blended together together at this point, you know, uh, can't help it. Can't help it. Uh, My pick technically could qualify for both years. So 2020 and 2021 yeah it played a couple festivals uh prior to pandemic and was scheduled for release that's true and then but it did play yeah some big festivals and then eventually got released in 2021 we'll say it's 2021 just because that's when you saw it and it was 
Totally. You know. But I'm, I might retroactively also just say it was, it's the best movie of both of those years <laughs> for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You want to go first? Want me to go first? Mm. Or you go first? You take you take it off, sir. All right. I'm going to try to <laughs> keep my cool. Yeah. Keep your cool. Uh, Dorian knows what my pick is. It's, it's, a, it's a controversial one for him. Um, but every once in a while, I have to I have to tell Dorian, you know, just leave me just leave me alone. You know what I mean? Just let me have this. Um, it's kind of like the time you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go see the Suicide Squad with you. Mm-hmm. It's kinda, it's one of those moments, you know. Yeah. Um, I knew what I was there for. Yeah. I kept my mouth shut. I was like, this is I'm here for Bobby. Um, all right, my number one uh, movie of 2021 is Malignant. Um, it's a Directed and uh, co-written by James Wan, who's done Saw, Insidious, uh, The Very Underseen Death Sentence, uh, The Conjuring 1 and 2, Aquaman, and also its uh, upcoming sequel. I watched Death Sentence. That's right. I yeah. forgot you mentioned that to me before. Yeah. yeah. Death yeah. Sentence. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. It's kind of like a... Would, would Is the Charles Bronson movie Death Wish considered... Would that be considered like a B movie? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It was a canon film. Okay. <laughs> this is like Death Sentence is like a... I don't know. I guess Death Wish might have had a theatrical... Canon went big. Yeah. That probably had a theatrical... <laughs> yeah. No, I think it did really well, actually. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it did yeah, pretty no, well, so, too. Yeah, no, not a B movie. Okay. Not the later B- ones, for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like Death Sentence is like, you know, uh, it's in that realm. Okay. It's like if if Death Wish like blew up and made like millions of dollars then like death sentence would be the b movie to that okay yeah all so right it's got a death very death sentence c vibe okay to it um good movie though uh but yes malignant so malignant was one of the movies that came out uh in 2021 as part of the theatrical and hbo max deal where they were day and date and uh so i was really excited about this because it was like the first time james Wan's going back to horror there were some uh you know giallo references when this movie was um, uh, being talked about, coming out and everything. <laughs> and so uh, so I was really excited. I think it's fair to say you were pretty, you were looking forward to yeah, watching it, right? I was hyped. You were hyped, okay. Yeah. We were actually going to go to the movie theater and we, we didn't end up going. We just couldn't find time. So we did watch it at home on HBO Max, yeah. uh, which ended up suiting everybody mm-hmm. uh, pretty better and stuff. And so uh, I had a fucking blast <laughs> with this movie. Uh, given everything that we've just talked about with like vinegar syndrome and like, uh, all these, uh, older movies that we're kind of experiencing for the first time. Uh, I feel like, uh, malignant was just like a really fun and like awesome combination of that world. And also like my love of just big budget, sometimes dumb movies, Mm -hmm. uh, that I like to go watch in the, in the movie theaters and stuff. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I just had like such like just the best time with it. I had, had a really good time with it. Um, if nobody's ever seen it, I don't want to like give anything away. That's just me or whatever. But yeah. like um, I would just say no, that if you're going to watch it. You should go in. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah, yeah I guess as it were. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it just jumped back onto HBO Max, actually. Oh, okay. So it's, it's back up there if anybody's uh, interested to see it and everything. But um, yeah, it's all about a. Uh, uh, a woman who's in an abusive relationship, and there are um, there ends up being a string of murders that start happening uh, that seemingly end up being connected to her in uh, a mysterious way that unfolds uh, as you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. That might be the most 
yeah green description i can give of the movie yes <laughs> uh without giving anything away but uh but yeah i just had a lot of fun with this movie mm. it's just it's just everything i wanted everything i feel like i've exposed to my myself exploitation horror you know giallo wise this that like uh mixed with you know big budget dumb spectacle <laughs> and i just had a wonderful time yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so that for me was my number one pick. Yes, I saw, you know, all the Marvel movies, you know, even some art house stuff. And I feel like nine times out of ten, like, you know, I mean, Spider-Man was great. It was amazing. Uh, I laughed. I cried. It just I watched my whole. Yeah. You know, young adulthood flash before my eyes. And mm. in, in, uh, if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, Malignant was just so. It was just like so weird and familiar that I was just like, I kind of got it as soon as as soon as it started. Mm. And it could just kept hitting certain marks for me throughout the movie that I was just like, okay, I know exactly what gear this movie is in. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm ready to ride it all the way to, you know, to the end. Yeah. So yes, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, tonight, so it's to, I'll throw you a bone here on this one. <laughs> <coughs> Small bone. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I might take it back after. It's fine. <laughs> Anything you ever give me, I don't, I don't hold it long enough to, 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 you know, to cradle it because I know you're gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Never the fuck mind. Give it's me always, <laughs> that bone's always on borrowed time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, no, like I, you know, I understand and totally respect the whole because I love the idea of like the, you know, the kind of like conversation that like an artistic medium has with itself over time. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we're yeah, obviously influences upon influences moving forward. You know, as they pass on through the generations of artists that practice them and stuff but uh you know in film in particular has a really like kind of beautiful tradition of this um and so yeah the you know the your newfound interest in the genre and exploitation films uh and everything and the way that that was reflected then in like james wan who obviously you know you can see in this movie that like he watches a lot of that stuff and like you know there's this sort of sense of like, oh man, like he must have watched this shit on like bad VHS, mm-hmm. you know, when it came out, and that was like what influenced him. And then he, sure, he became this big like Hollywood filmmaker, right? But you can still see the influence of this stuff, and you know, he got a chance to kind of like, I'm gonna do one, you know, kind of for me, right? Where I'm gonna, you know, get to take this, you know, really kind of like lean way further into the stuff that really inspired me mm-hmm. in the first place, but bring some of this like. Hollywood know-how and tech, you know, and everything to the to the fore and make something that's kind of never been seen. Mm-hmm. You know, that like these filmmakers, what, you know, I have resources that they never would have dreamed of. So let me take that and kind of expand those stylistic ideas to yeah. the stratosphere. Uh, you know, and like in theory, I like that, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> And I can respect, like, you know, that that that's what you really got into with it, mm-hmm. you know, and like, um, you know, that's really cool. And it's funny that, like, you know, with, with Spider-Man, there's like a good comparison there because I haven't seen Spider-Man, nor am I going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it seems obvious enough that there's like it's like in that movie, there's it sounds like there's like a literal conversation between like <laughs> the generations. Yes, of, there like, is. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Whereas Malignant does that in a more um, subdued way. It's, you know, it's just, it's built into the story itself and just the way that it's being approached and made by this director that like you can see Mm -hmm. the echoes of that conversation, but they're not just showing you the conversation. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I like, I think that approach is, you know, way more interesting Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for sure. But, um, 
but yeah, no, for me, it just, I, I, the movie just did not work like period yeah. <laughs> hard, hard stop on that one. It's just, it's a fucking failure. Um, I, it might be like my most hated movie of 2021. I feel like that's about right for yeah, you and me. I, I mean, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, I, I despised it. Um, it's, I thought like all the stuff, so all the stuff that you liked, Yes. Like is what I didn't like. Okay. Or that I, I didn't think those things married well. I thought they were completely at odds with each other. Okay. Okay. And I thought I saw like two sides of a person fighting against each other, which yeah. is like literally kind of, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slight spoiler. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, that didn't make the movie good to me. Mm-hmm. That just made it like, no, I mean, it's literally like <laughs> split in half kind yeah. of in some ways. And, um, uh, it's it, it was just funny because like we were talking about it and it was like I you know I think I like all the stuff you're giving it credit for I think actually he did better in Aquaman because I think like having this giant stupid spectacle movie as your base context mm-hmm. and then adding some genre flourishes to it yeah I thought just melded the two a lot better than like making a genre film and then all of a sudden being like okay why are we doing like a fucking like hundred million dollar, you know, action movie okay. like fight scene right now. All right, I could see that. You know, that yeah, just yeah. seemed like re- it was really jarring, jarring. to me. Okay. You know, and um, and just didn't seem to like blend as well. Yeah. So so yeah, I just kind of dug like you know in Aquaman when all of a sudden we go into like you know the fucking depths of hell basically <laughs> or like whatever. <laughs> it's I, I was just like oh cool I didn't expect this big dumb movie to go here but it's so dumb yeah that I didn't question it for a second i'm like i've already seen dolph lundgren riding around on a fucking laser shark <laughs> yeah. so yeah like going down and meeting all of the like uh you know bottom dwelling like zombie fishmen basically oh <laughs> like yeah whatever. The, uh, the trench yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the trench. um yeah it was just felt like yeah totally like we're just doing a big crazy like horror kind of thing right here like mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense we're in the depths of the ocean it yeah. just it fit into the world you know okay so so anyway uh <laughs> that's it's enough on aquaman <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway yeah so so that was like just what didn't work for me about the movie mm-hmm. you know i i wanted to like the opening the opening scene of the movie i got we were all pretty like okay yeah what's going on here <laughs> and then as it went on and kind of revealed itself it was just like oh no yeah yeah thought it just yeah i still feel like i'm kind of um um i'm gonna bring i'll bring this up i'm gonna bring this uh up later but just as a uh how i mean we we did chicago rot in 2011 and then it's like how, well how many was it been 10 years already? yeah fuck yeah um over 10 years since over, we since we day one of production yeah right was november 1st 2011 11 right. that's right that's right yeah um yeah so i mean i feel like i credit that as sort of like the the beginnings or birth of my like horror education okay right uh because growing up uh from before like meeting all of you guys in school and everything like that i horror was stupid to me Mm -hmm. i didn't really get into it there were actually a couple movies i stayed away from because they genuinely like were kind of frightening to me just Mm -hmm. an image and i didn't take it seriously because i just thought it was like a money maker which and it just seemed like it got 
which was maybe kind of true, half true. Like yeah. it just gets pumped out. To it's ma- just, yeah. And it's yeah. just like cheap thrills. Right. You know, yeah. like there's no substance to it. There's nothing there. Yeah. Just, so it yeah. like, it wasn't until like I, I met you and like you and I would talk about movies that, uh, like, uh, like you're the reason I saw evil dead. I remember yeah. <laughs> borrowing your DVD, your Blu-ray yeah. and watching it, you know what I mean? And being like, Holy shit. Like this, this is kind of incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, yeah. fuck you know? And so, um, so it, it might, it might be uh, a slight naivete about like liking malignant as much as I, as much as I did or I do, because <laughs> I just feel like, uh, I don't know, watching it just sort of felt like if I had seen this movie when I was like 10 or 11 years old, and I was like, holy shit, like, this is something so brand new for me. Mm-hmm. But I had the ability to contextualize it at like, oh, I'm, I'm just getting into like this exploitation stuff. And it's really, really interesting. And a lot of a lot of the exploitation stuff that we've watched has really influenced the big budget stuff I watched growing up mm-hmm. and the big budget stuff I'm watching now, including right. like the Marvel stuff or the DC stuff or anybody that attempts to make like a, an exploitation movie today, you know, Um I'm kind of like looking at it through a different lens. So it's just interesting to have to watch it like that now, mm, mm-hmm. you know, um, I feel like I kind of have like another angle to, to go on when someone's like, Oh my God, this movie was so great. And it's like, yeah, but have you ever seen this 1970 <laughs> revenge movie uh-huh. that fucking slaps harder than whatever we just <laughs> yeah, watched? Right. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> it's not always to put whatever fictitious movie down, but it's just, I just like being able to, I like having another Avenue that is, the larger umbrella is horror, but all the subgenres underneath it, you know, to sort of pick from to watch, watch different, watch different things through, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot more fun. So yeah, that's what that's like the feeling I got watching *Malignant*. But I can I can definitely understand where you're coming from, where it's a uh, making a genre movie, but then like adding big budget elements or mm-hmm. you know action elements into it that sort of don't mesh well for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. I yeah. totally get that. Uh, all right, man. What's your so, uh, what's your pick? So yeah, so my pick is like literally the opposite movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the movie is called Days. D a y s, not D a z e. So Days. Uh, it's a film by this director named Ming Lang Sai, uh, who. He makes a lot of his movies in Taiwan. I believe he's Malaysian originally. Okay. Um, but yeah, he makes a, a lot of movies in, in Taiwan. And uh, probably the movie he's... Or definitely the movie he's most well-known for is a movie called Goodbye Dragon Inn, which uh, came out in like 2003. Um, it was the only movie of his that I think, you know, has... Well, Rebels of a Neon God, his first film, which came out in the early 90s, also did cause a bit of a stir, like on the film festival circuit and stuff. Okay. I think around the world. So it played all over and had some distribution, small success and stuff. Goodbye dragon in same way. Um, but for the most part, he's pretty underrecognized. I would say, um, the more I've gotten into his films, the more I've discovered how criminally underrecognized he is. <laughs> it seems. Um, cause yeah, in trying to see all of his films, I've had to buy some of them on VHS, um, some on DVDs that were clearly made from VHSs. Okay. Um, so they're just VHS quality, but now with like crappy old digital artifacts in them. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a real shame. Like this is a guy who certainly deserves like a full, you know, criterion, like box set of all of his work. Cause it's just, it's so good. But anyway, um, 
his latest movie, uh, Days, was, yeah, it played at some film festivals in early 2020 and was going to be released later that year. Obviously, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And then so it finally came out in 2021 and was getting a really limited release by this company called Grasshopper. Mm-hmm. And um, they announced uh, that it was going to be playing in theaters. And so Bobby and I had just seen Goodbye Dragon Inn. Oh, yeah, not too long before yeah. this was coming out. Yeah, because when Music Box sort of reopened, um, they did a whole series of films in coordination with Mubi uh, where they you know, they showed all these movies on film. So it was like, welcome back to the theater. We're your local you know, art house repertory. We're showing shit, 35 mil, you yeah. know, like... Um, and all the movies were kind of, well, they so, were somewhat like themed in a way, like they, they played Cinema Paradiso, which is yeah. about like a movie theater, yep. essentially. Like, So some of them had that sort of uh, uh, yeah, aspect to them. Yeah, they were like about going to the movies and mm-hmm. stuff, and it was like kind of a celebration of like going back to the movies and shit. So so they showed Goodbye Dragon Inn, and uh, I had never seen it, uh, Bobby had never seen it, and like I'd only heard of it, it has a reputation for being like super slow, mm-hmm. but like really, really good. And, um, you know, so I was like, cool, it's, you know, they're showing it on film. I've heard about it. Let's go check it out. And uh, I ended up going with my friend Rory to see it, um, like, the first time they showed it. And I just, like, immediately fell, like, hopelessly in love with this movie. It just fucking really, <laughs> it really blew me away. Um, it's just a, such a different style of filmmaking than I'd, like, I'd ever seen before. And I've, yeah seen a lot <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty rare that i'm like kind of you know taken aback by how differently some director is doing it you know right and and the fact that i haven't been exposed to them yet either at this point mm-hmm. you know uh come across them somehow so so yeah i was just really floored by it and i immediately wanted to see it again it's also it's really uh you know it's really trim it's like 82 minutes or something okay yeah. total so you know it's it's yes it's very slow but it's also very short um, so yeah, I was like dying to see it again. I, I hit up Bobby and I was like, you, we have to go. Like, <laughs> I'm going, um, you have to see this movie. And so we went and Bobby really dug it too. And then, yeah, shortly thereafter we saw that his newest movie was going to be opening. Uh, and they announced like what theaters it was going to be playing at. And Chicago was nowhere on the list. And I think I texted Bobby in like a fury and I was like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, and then Bobby, uh, I think, sent them a tweet asking like, hey, what's what's going on with Chicago? And they said that, yeah, they'd be announcing some dates at the Siskel Center pretty soon. And then sure enough, it was like a few days later, Siskel Center was like, hey, we're going to be showing the new Ming Lang Sai movie. <laughs> so, yeah, so Bobby and I went and saw it um, in the theater. So, yeah, this was only our the second movie of his that yeah. either of us had seen. And, um, you know, this one's... 17 years later than goodbye dragon in and his style had you know developed so much more and so days is like really slow yeah like really really slow yeah i mean yeah i mean this guy will sit on shots for like 10 12 minutes Mm -hmm. not move the camera um i mean stuff will happen sometimes uh like the whole frame will be a part of the storytelling right eventually (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, he doesn't, you know, he, he sits on these things for long periods of time. He's got these amazing actors and I'm not saying it's like this boring, like you're just staring at, you know, there's a lot really going on there. It's amazing how much depth he, he pulls out of these things. But, um, but you know, it's not for everyone either, uh, as evidenced by the person who walked out of the movie five minutes in when Literally. it was still the same shot of the guy. <laughs> 
looking out a window. Yeah. Uh, while it was pouring rain, and uh, so yeah, she it was it was not for her. But um, but yeah, and you know, so we we both came out of it like really really liking it, but also kind of being like, man, you know, like it 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 ended so well, like the where it went in like the last like thirty minutes was so amazing. But like, did we really need like all of that <laughs> <laughs> leading up to it? And, uh, you know, we were kind of on the fence about it and it was a few days later we were talking about it again. It was like, I don't know. I, we were both just kind of like, no, it was perfect. Like it yeah. all needed to be there. Yeah. It's all just, yeah. Like it, it, any, any second of it missing would result in like a fucked up movie. Mm-hmm. It would not be the same thing. And it was just, it's perfect. Like it really is. And yeah, there's just so much like that I find commendable about his filmmaking in particular, but like particularly the long shots. Like I love this stuff. Cause like when I think about his movies after seeing them, it's like, they're, they're like memories, you know, it's like yeah. I was there because it's not just like this cut up scene where you're only seeing the important parts of like the movie. It's like, you really like live in these moments mm-hmm. and um, you know, and the, they're so well constructed and the actors that he works with uh, like two or three of the same actors pretty much in like all of his movies. Um, and then, you know, plenty of other supporting right, characters right. and stuff as well. But uh they're so good. Like they have just such a great, you know, rhythm and obvious working relationship with each other. They're on the same page that, um, they're able to just bring so much to the plate, uh, to the table, uh, with these performances that like they can, they can bring it to life even when it's like, we're just sitting here, you know, yeah, yeah. the interior world is like so <laughs> vibrant, you know, and it's, it's really engrossing, like in a weird way, you just, sometimes when the movie does cut, it's like, Whoa, what the fuck? Like I was yeah. so lost in, in, yeah, in the everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was just happening in this like 10 minutes of this like person's life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, usually like in the aftermath of something when they're kind of like dealing with it emotionally or whatever, yeah, right. you know? Um, and, and yeah, it's just this really tremendously unique style of filmmaking and, um, being able to see that in the theater, like, you know, his latest movie right after having been able to see goodbye dragon in was like really revelatory and like just such an awesome way to be welcomed back to like, you know, what the possibility of like movie theaters is, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and and like why it's so great, you know, to not that I wasn't, you know, pining for them to come back or anything, but it was, you know, to do it in such spectacular fashion, something that struck like such a chord. Mm -hmm. Um, that was unexpected. I was excited just to be able to go back to movie theaters, but to right. like discover a director, you know, that is now I count high among my list of all time favorites, mm-hmm. um, you know, was really just something very special. And, uh, the movie is very, some, something very special. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else that I saw this year that had that level of impact. Yeah. You know, that, I went through and, and bought VHSs and DVDs of this guy's <laughs> old work so I could watch it. Um, cause I was so just enamored with everything that he was doing. So yeah, that is hands down my favorite of the year. Uh, nice. plenty of other great movies, but you know, this and, and certainly other movies that like I enjoyed, yeah. you know, quote unquote yeah. more, you know, <laughs> this movie isn't like a, you know, a romp or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but um, but yeah, just for sheer like filmmaking craft and, you know, just how deeply it impacted me, like on an emotional level and like a personal level. Yeah. Uh, unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah. As, as far as this year is concerned. I really I really love both of those movies. Yeah. Uh, Goodbye, Dragon Inn, I might say. Is a, I would have to rewatch them again. Yeah. But like Goodbye, Dragon Inn just had such a 
unexpected commentary to it uh-huh. as well, given the world, <laughs> yes. too. Because uh, it is about uh, theater's last showing yep. of a couple movies before it shuts down. Um, and there were just a few moments that uh, in, in the movie that uh, kind of uh, rewarded you for... Mm-hmm. Hanging, hanging around the theater yep. with <laughs> with its you know last occupants, yeah, uh, and one in particular that was just so heartbreaking and sweet mm-hmm. at the end. I was just like, "Fuck this movie!" Just <laughs> like we should see, might as well be a goddamn Steven Spielberg movie right yeah. now for all I care. <laughs> like, this is so beautiful, yeah. Um, but days really, um, uh, days really took it another level, def- uh, you know, for me. And you know, life is. Life uh, like has like slowed down in a way so much since uh you know the world changed since like lockdowns and all this other kind of thing uh that um like days really challenges you to just sort of sit and like look at an image mm-hmm. and then um you know uh I forget I remember I had made this comparison uh before with uh, oh Tatane we watched we saw yeah. the movie Tatane mm-hmm. and you know uh we were excited to see it. And then, like, horrified in the best way, yeah. you know, <laughs> at least I was, you know, but uh, talking to Dorian with it afterwards, he told me, um, he's like, there were some parts where I thought it, like, really, really dragged, right? Uh, you, you had said this to yeah. me. And then you were just like, but then when I thought about it more, it was just like... <laughs> I just realized I had never sort of watched or experienced something like what was happening on screen. And my body was just like, I just need to get the fuck out of here. Can we just go to the next scene? Because it's just so (laughs) uncomfortable, but I'm still enjoying it. That in a particular way, that's kind of the feeling I got with days. It's just sort of like we're just so used to, you know, going to the movies and watching something that holds our attention. Uh uh, visually or with dialogue uh, in some particular way in yeah. some particular genre with whatever you're into that you never stop to think of like is almost like watching a silent movie mm-hmm. right yeah you know with just uh you know it had a obviously a and sound effects and everything yeah like that. but it, and days also really because days also there's um there's no subtitles intentionally right exactly uh, oh, yeah that's right yeah, yeah. it's um so you know there is there's pretty minimal dialogue but you know it's all in um like mandarin okay or whatever, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's intentionally left unsubtitled. There's actually a, the the one subtitle is at the beginning of the movie, oh, yeah. which says this movie is intentionally left unsubtitled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, it, it really is like even when people are talking or having conversation, you you know you have no idea what what is being said because yeah. it's not excuse me not the focus of it right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I um. I no, I agree. Goodbye, Dragon Inn is still my favorite movie of his. Okay, uh, period. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's so good. It's such a fucking masterpiece, yeah. man. Oh, and I am happy to report that. Uh, so, so Goodbye, Dragon Inn, unfortunately, does not have any U.S. distribution currently. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just buy a Blu-ray or like rent it. Um, but uh, last month, the theater in New York, the Metrograph. Yeah, um, they did a like restoration of Goodbye Dragon Inn, and they had it streaming on their app, and uh, it said it was only going to be available until January thirty first, mm-hmm. which was two days ago. But I looked yesterday, and it's still available, and oh. it says available until June twenty second now. Holy shit! So yeah, That's awesome. So as far as I can tell, the Metrograph app, which is a really nice app, actually, they okay. did a, they did a really good job with it. <laughs> Um, and it's available on like on Apple TV and like Fire Stick and Roku and like you can watch it through your browser on their web page. It's okay. there's a phone app like you can any which way you want to watch something on there. You can do it. 
Uh, and it's, uh, you can get a month membership with them, which gives you access to the whole uh, at-home streaming catalog for five bucks. So you can watch Goodbye Dragon Inn streaming awesome. like a 4K. You know, it's like I'm sure it's a 1080p stream, right? But it's like like a, they did like a 4K restoration of okay. the film and stuff, and it's beautiful. Um, so you actually can watch it in glorious fashion, and apparently it's going to be around for at least half the year. So That's great, yeah. No, I was super excited to see that because um, <laughs> I also filled out a survey. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and they said is there anything we can do to improve metrograph at home and i said make goodbye dragon in a permanent part of the collection <laughs> and then suddenly it's available through june now um, i'm gonna credit you with that yeah i'm gonna go ahead and credit myself with that as well so um awesome but yeah really just a, an amazing movie um I, I recommend anybody uh watch that film yeah you try to tell me it's not one of those beautiful things you've ever seen <laughs> uh so. well those are our top movies for yeah 2021 yeah uh two asian directors yeah yeah oh shit yeah good job good yeah good good job us look at us <laughs> so open-minded <laughs> oh my god yeah well good picks man yeah um i think i might grab a beverage for this next yes, this next was, section you know i was thinking the same if you're good for thing. that Read my goddamn mind. Go grab that right now. We're done with our VS time. Top picks for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like that. We should we should do that. We should just do like whatever our top pick is, and then just talk about whatever other bullshit came out that year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. you know, there's other stuff we liked it. Yeah. It was good. But this, <laughs> this fucking hit. Yeah. Hit hard. All right, so we're going to do our, um, I'm not going to say top three because these could be completely interchangeable. So we're yes. just, there's just a selection of three movies yes. that each of us have. Three uh, excellent choices. Yes, yeah. that uh, if you're <laughs> thinking of getting into, or thinking of getting into uh, Vinegar Syndrome movies, buying them, checking them out, anything like that, uh, these picks would definitely be some good ones to start off with. Yes. Hands down. No question. Uh all right, so uh, you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, I'll start this one, I Go guess. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. You start with this one. Um, okay, so first one I'm going to mention is a series of box sets that they've done um, called Forgotten Gialli, which is uh, basically sets of like old Italian Euro sleaze kind of thrillers, mostly from the 1970s, like early 1970s. Um, quick little bit of history. Uh, so this subgenre of thrillers uh, from like 1970 to 1975, basically in Italy uh, is called Giallo. Um, it's gotten, you know, a lot of uh, uh, sort of a resurgence in popularity over the past few years, which is great because a lot of these movies have started to get restorations and stuff and really nice releases. But um, yeah, they're generally, they're kind of, uh, yeah, thriller movies generally involving some sort of like, you know, gruesome murder that happens and some like foreigner, usually like an American who's <laughs> like a writer or something, some kind of artist Piano player. <laughs> who has no business at all <laughs> investigating a murder gets like, you know, witnesses the whole thing and like, you know, saw something that he just can't quite remember, you know, but it's like driving him nuts and he knows he could like solve the case and, you know, the police think he did it. You know, or some because he's a foreigner, so they're like totally don't trust him. So he's got to, you know, go look for the killer himself. 
and uh, you know gets all mixed up in some kind of a psychosexual. <laughs> Uh, weird cat and mouse game. Um, the the police always think it's a sex maniac, no matter what. Even all the evidence is to the contrary. They're they like, just walk probably into the a room. sex maniac. There's no investigating that happens, <laughs> and somebody inevitably just says like, "This is the work of a sex maniac." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the body's untouched yes. and all the money's missing, this was clearly motivated by sex. Uh, it's it's amazing. Um. Basically, what happened was Dario Argento made a movie in 1969 called The Bird with Crystal Plumage, and it just like shattered box office records in Italy, mm-hmm. blew up, and that like kind of set the stage for the whole Giallo craze. Like everything okay. started, um, you know, uh, deriving from that and trying to copy that. And even like, you know, the, the film, you know, the Italian film industry loved it so much that like, uh, they even were, you know, they were basically like bought out Argento himself to make like cheap cash-ins of his own thing. Um, cause his next two movies, Cat and Nine Tails and, uh, Four Flies on Gray Velvet. It, you know, this was the craze it was like, there's gotta be like an animal in the title and like a color, okay, yeah. you know, and like that stuff. And that's how you like make this formula and shit. Uh-huh. So if they had Argento's name on, it was a guaranteed hit cause he did bird with crystal plumage. Um, but you know, but that just made like tons of these spin off, you know, just imitators. They just got all the other directors. There were a lot of directors in the, you know, the just sort of mindset in the film industry in Italy at the time was, you know, it was a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they weren't in it to like, it wasn't auteur theory, you know, all this like <laughs> right. French new wave stuff that was going on, you know, at the time there was very much a business, you know, yeah. and they were, everybody was like a craftsman you know, this was a job. You worked your way up, you know, or like your dad was a producer or something. And that's how you got the job of directing. (laughs) And then it was just, you learned, you know, you had chops and Argento, you know, was definitely the one guy who was like, I want to be an artist, you know, and Mm -hmm. have that auteur kind of mindset. But all the people who followed in his wake, you know, they were just people who had just been kind of honing their chops, uh, you know, grinding away at like spaghetti Westerns in the sixties. And like, you know, some Gothic stuff started to become really popular in the late Mm sixties and they were just following the trends. You look at like Lucio Fulci and, um, uh, guys like him and Sergio Corbucci and stuff that ended up going into like the Giallo realm. But you know, they all made fucking Westerns, you know, when Westerns were the popular thing. And then after Giallo went away, they made Poliziotesquis because that became the next popular thing. Right. Right. And that's just how they worked in the industry. So yeah, it's like, that seems so alien to us. Like you can't like, we don't think of people who get into making movies like that, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like you get into mood cause you're like, you're this artist, like driven by this vision or something <laughs> or, or even if you want to make money, it's like you want to work in Hollywood, Yes, you know, and, and uh, you know, and make blockbusters. But even that is sort of like, well, blockbusters can be all sorts of different things, mm-hmm. you know, whereas in Italy at the time it was like, no, no, no. Like you make one. It was like, cool. I'm a Western guy. Now I'll yeah. learn how to make fucking Westerns, you know, <laughs> And you just had to jump around. So the guys that, you know, ended up making Giallo films, there's a number that are like these just really, really well-crafted movies because they're just people who were just good at telling stories and making films. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. This is the style. I get it. Mm-hmm. And they adapted, you know, this, you know, stories and style and, and you know, put out films in that time period. Um, and they were just cool with it just being that. And so they were fine with kind of like, let's crank them out. Right. Because these are just, they're going to come out. There was no home video, you know, there was no preservation yeah, or yeah. anything. It was like these things came out, they were around for like a month, they made money or they didn't, and then they just fucking disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no one will ever see this again. It was disposable work, essentially. Um, so, so yeah, you know, and that was like, 
the attitude they were made with, not to say that they were like totally flippant about it and like it doesn't matter. Right. You know, they still did it. You know, their livelihood still depended on this stuff. So they were yeah, still they putting still their all into did it. it at the yeah. highest level that they could. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they didn't mind kind of like cranking it out, as it were. <laughs> so they cranked it out. <laughs> and for these five years, with this being like the popular genre of the time, like, holy shit, did a lot of these movies get fucking made. So, you know, these companies, like all the big ones, you know, the really well-known ones and ones made by, you know, the more reputable directors, those have all been uh, restored and released on Blu-ray and 4K and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and it's wonderful. It's yeah. a treasure trove of shit. But, like, we've seen all those. And I still want more. So, <laughs> so Vinegar Syndrome got our backs. And so they started making these box sets of uh, Forgotten Gialli, which yeah. are the, like, really, really forgotten stuff. <laughs> Um, bottom of the bit, like you've never heard of these directors, you know, sometimes there's an actor or two that's like, Oh, okay. I've, you know, I've seen them around yeah, uh, and stuff, but, but yeah, these were the like really, really cheap ones. Um, and, uh, you know, they just seem to like, they, you know, vinegar syndrome, they'll acquire just like catalogs of stuff where they don't even know what they're getting. It's just like some, uh, small studio or small archival house or whatever is shutting their doors. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole catalog of stuff that they're just liquidating. And yeah. so they're just like, fuck it, we'll buy it all. You know, sight unseen, no idea what it is, but here you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get it and they just find what they find. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so it seems like they, they've acquired a bunch of these just like really, really trashy <laughs> <laughs> um, Giallo cash-in movies. And so they've started to like kind of theme them out and find, you know, like like three movies. They'll put up box sets of three movies mm-hmm. um, that generally have some sort of unifying factor between the three of them. And um, yeah, volume four is all sex filled. Yes, <laughs> it appears a, to be. It's all sex gialli. Yep. For so, that yeah. one. <laughs> so volume four just arrived for, right. for both of us. Um, so, yeah, so they've done four of these box sets now and it sounds like they're going to continue doing them, mm-hmm. um, which is great because, uh, yeah, they've been really fun. So these ones are not, you know, like I'm not going to go to bat for these as like good movies. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but. I love them. Yeah. Uh, they're so entertaining to watch. They're just filled with like, you know, these like these movies, it was like this arms race to outdo themselves and come up with like new twists and like clever new kills and things like that. So like the outrageous, just ridiculous extremes that some of these, you know, the lesser ones went to mm-hmm. that weren't really creative and came up with just like <laughs> these completely asinine ideas and shit and just commits to them. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, just weird choices and like, Clearly, there wasn't enough movie here, so we just had to use like all of this shot, so <laughs> you know, just to like pad out the runtime a bit yeah. and things like that. That it's just I love seeing the like kind of inner workings of like you know the the like lower echelons of the Italian film industry in like 1971. Yeah, because like even so, they managed to find like moments of like inspiration or beauty just because of like their natural surroundings. Like it's Italy in the fucking seventies. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, everything looks awesome yeah. all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so sometimes they're just like, you know, like a stop clock is right twice a day kind right. of thing. Like they, they just get it right every once in a while and it's totally worth it for those rare moments. But, um, also just really fun to watch all of the blundering missteps along the way. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was super cool. Uh, I can't recommend them enough. Like, so all the box sets have been really fun. Yeah. Um, I just got my first one. My first one is the yeah. fourth one, but I am going to backtrack and mm-hmm. collect the other ones. I feel like it's my, my duty. We also just, it's, uh, 
it's February now, but uh, last month, uh, uh, with the help of uh, this group called Cinematic Void, uh, Music Box just did their first uh, January Giallo month, where every Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday they did a um, Giallo movie yeah. uh, at the Music Box, and uh, Doreen and I bought tickets to all of them, and we went to all of them, and yeah, it was did. a fantastic month. It was of so good, Giallo movies, like <laughs> holy shit, it was great. Yeah, um, absolute blast. So it's so fun to have this box set now because we're just going to continue yep. this mm-hmm. every Wednesday Giallo uh, fest going because it was just so enjoyable. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm really excited to uh, to get more into you know uh, into some of those picks. Yeah, into the the depths, into the depths <laughs> yeah. of uh, of Gialli. So yeah. yeah, so I I recommend all of them. They're all all three. We haven't watched four yet. Right. Um, uh, the fourth box set, but I, I assume I can recommend it confidently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all one through three, I, I'd recommend any of them if this sounds even the least bit intriguing to you. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. My first pick is going to be a uh, 4K release Yeah. Uh, from Vinegar Syndrome. It's the uh, Six String Samurai 4K release. Um, this movie has, if you don't know what this movie is, you I'm sure know what the front cover of it looks like. <laughs> Um, if you were like Dorian and I rented movies, uh, from a video store back in the day, like you, you probably saw the cover yeah, to this, always there to this VHS. Yeah. <laughs> um, and probably like us didn't rent it, didn't rent it at <laughs> all. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, so this, this one came, uh, for, uh, uh, last year I was a half, uh, half a year subscriber for vinegar syndrome. Uh, this year I've, done my duty i'm a full year subscriber which Fuck so yeah. far has been fantastic yeah congratulations um, but uh yeah so this one came in a box in one of my boxes and uh i'd never seen it before and put it on one day it was just like it was a rainy i remember it being like a rainy day and uh what just like a weird awesome movie yeah <laughs> and um uh the basic plot of this movie is is that the, uh, you know elvis is dead and like vegas is looking looking for a new king right uh and so there are these different musical factions in this sort of like post-apocalyptic world uh, that, I mean, it is Earth. It is our like our planet. Uh, and they're all making their way towards, you know, to Vegas to sort of audition. And then there's uh, there's this one guy uh, who walks around with a samurai sword and a guitar. And he's kind of dressed like Buddy Holly and uh, is just getting into these small like little adventures and stuff like <clears> that. That seem kind of random, but like. The, the the surprise of this movie is just how confident it is in the world it's built, how much it makes sense, how much it sticks to everything. Uh, and then our villain in it is Death, who walks around with like his own band and is like offing these, you know, you know, musical groups as they're trying to make their way to, to Vegas and stuff like that. Uh, super, super dope movie. Like really, really cool. Did not expect to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Um, but one of the other reasons that uh, I really liked it is that uh, Dorian directed a movie. I, we mentioned I mentioned it earlier, Chicago Rot. Uh, I was the first AD on it, and um, watching Six String Samurai it reminded me of the feeling I got while we were making Chicago Rot. Like as you're watching this movie, if you ever created anything, doesn't even have to be like a, a movie or a short film or whatever, uh, something creative. Like when you have that like feeling of a group of people with you that like are on the same track 
you you know what you're creating you want to do it there's there's one vision and everyone's like behind it that's the feeling uh that's the other added enjoyment of watching like six string samurai yeah uh the documentary about it was really cool which is where i got most of this you know behind the scenes information uh the main actor of the movie who plays like the buddy holly type guy um uh what's his name jeffrey falcon jeffrey falcon yeah um, he like, you know, choreographed an amazing all, person. It's an incredible guy. <laughs> it just choreographed all the fight scenes in the movie, made all the costumes. Uh, you know, he just like a jack of all trades yeah. and, uh, an incredible martial artist. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like the, the martial arts scenes in this movie are fucking they're mind good. blowing. Yeah. Like the first one I was like, are you fucking joking me? <laughs> I did not think it was going to be like this. Yeah. I did not think Buddy Holly looking white dude was going to move like that. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and our, our friend Brent, uh, who's an artist and a musician here in Chicago, like he did, did, did the same thing and, and co-writer of Chicago rot. Yeah. And star. Uh, yeah. He did, he did a lot of the same things on yeah. rot. I mean, he um, made a lot of the costumes, made a lot of the sets, you know, with help from other friends and artists as well and stuff like that. And so, uh, it just really rang true. Like this movie was just kind of like, yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I get it and I feel it. And it's another, uh, just added enjoyment, um, to, to this movie. Also the 4k, uh, transfer of it looked really great. I think this was like the beginning of vinegar syndrome doing some 4k movies, yeah. uh, and stuff. And they have, uh, they've not disappointed at least in just sort of the, you know, the transfer quality of them and everything like that. It's been really, really, really great. But, yeah. um, but yeah, this is another one that I thought was like just really dope. Mm hmm. Yeah, when I, because I picked it up as well, and you watched it, yeah. and then you started, you were telling me this when you said, I was like, okay, shit, I really got to check it out. Yeah. You know? And then when I watched it, I was like, I couldn't believe we made the movie we made having not seen this. It yes. was so wild. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was so <laughs> cool, though. It was just like, man, I don't know. We just like picked up on something, you know, yes. in like the world. Um, I, you know, and honestly, also, I haven't talked to Brant about it. Oh, okay. Since I watched it, I don't know if he had seen it or not. I, I mean, because you know, yeah. he he wrote the original draft of the script, and then we collaborated to right. to write the next nine drafts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so you know, I've never, but we never talked about it when him and I discussed things. Okay. We were talking more about stuff like Time Bandits. Okay. Was one that came up a lot, yeah. and um, like Kiss Meets the Phantom, okay. like, <laughs> some, you know, that's a, like Mad Maxy type yes. of stuff with some of the like you know costuming and things like that. So, which obviously, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Six String Samurai also definitely mm-hmm. owes a large debt of gratitude to Mad. Max. It's like rockabilly Mad Max. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but man, yeah, but it's so unique and so cool. You know, it manages to like be reminiscent of that without ever feeling like it's like, Oh, okay. So it's just Mad Max doing this, you know, it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. It is its own beast, you mm-hmm. know, entirely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's so cool. I, I really dug it too. I was like, man, I wish I had fucking just picked this up from block. I was like, when I had watched literally everything else at blockbuster, <laughs> yeah. why did I never just grab this? You yeah. know, cause it was like, Oh, because we always just like, you know, get the stuff you liked. Exactly. Just watch that again. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah no it was it was great I, I really enjoyed it I'm super happy that I'm it. super happy you dug it yeah I thought yeah, I was no. like oh man I'm, maybe I'm on a, maybe I was, I'm alone here but I just I felt it this, and and I oh, this. and this is a big one too I will help allay anyone's concerns because I had a major concern about one element of this movie which oh, yeah, is yeah. the child oh yeah there's, there's a, kid a in child this movie. And I fucking hate kids <laughs> I hate them in movies <laughs> and I'm not a huge fan in life <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. 
but usually in in you know I just find them they're usually just annoying you yeah. know in in movies they don't usually contribute anything except being like a you know something to be threatened you know for the main character right uh, so yeah you know and actually in this movie I thought the kid was totally fine mm-hmm. there's only one scene where he's a little annoying but also was sort of motivated right so it was fine but yeah no not like an annoying fucking kid to deal with the whole movie. Uh, so yeah, so don't, don't worry about that. I was really worried about that. And it put me off from watching the movie for longer yeah. than I should have. <laughs> uh, and then when I finally did, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, this is fine. So, uh, but yeah, six, six string samurai, uh, yep. still available on the VS website. Nice. Def- definitely pick a copy up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally worth it or upgrade your copy. If you happen to own it on VHS yeah. from back in the, back in the day. <laughs> yep. All right, what's your next one? Um, okay, so I'm gonna go with another 4K release as well. Oh, okay. Um, I gotta, I gotta go with Tammy and the T Rex. Yeah. And it's fuck. I love this movie. What a journey. <laughs> what a fucking journey. It's uh, it was the heartwarming story of a high school love gone awry, <laughs> uh, but corrected uh, by you know the godlike powers of one mad scientist <laughs> with a desire to put a human brain inside of a T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's like that is that is the most sane the movie is. Mhm. is that element right there. Yeah. Uh everything else is some even just like the depiction of daily high school life manages to be more insane than what I've just <laughs> yeah. described to you. Uh, and this is readily apparent from the opening minute of the movie. The opening fight. Yes. is <laughs> really, you know what you're in for when this movie starts and it does not let up. And yeah. it's just, it is one of the best times. If I, I doubt anyone will have this opportunity, which is unfortunate, but if you can see this movie in a theater, you must go. Oh yeah. Um, we had the, uh, incredible opportunity of seeing it at the music box during Cinepocalypse, which is a big uh, genre film festival that they do there, and I hope they're going to continue to do. Um, but uh, so yeah, they you know it, right total right audience for this. It was packed, um, and also this movie. Uh, so this movie was released uh, as a PG thirteen film because mm-hmm. uh, apparently what happened is the director Stuart Rafel, who also did Mac and Me and a movie called Ice Pirates that I know has a, a pretty big cult following. Um, he was contacted by a producer that had this giant, like inflatable T-Rex. And he was like, I want to make a movie with this thing. <laughs> and he was like, okay, that's weird, but sure. You know, if you got the money together and stuff, like, let's see what we can do. And he's like, cool. I've got it for like a month. Yeah. So like, what can we do in that? He's like, like, that's it. Just like a month and it's gone. He's like, yeah. So like, what can we do? And he's like, I, I don't know, but like, we'll do whatever we can, yeah. you know, we'll just, we'll make whatever movie we could make in a month. So he like just started casting and writing like at the same time, you know, cause they need to start shooting <laughs> like <laughs> in two weeks or whatever. Um, and just put the, you know, just rushing to like, you know, make this whole thing. And, you know, by the end of it, uh, when he finished the movie, um, but you know, there were all these like weird gory kills in it and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, they showed it to the producer and the producer was like, apparently like really just super crestfallen, just sad <laughs> and upset. And he was like, I just like wanted to make a fun movie with the T-Rex that like I could take my family to. Yeah. And uh, so he just like cut all that stuff out of the movie mm-hmm. and just released it. 
and it's just a piece of crap. You know, it's just like a bad PG-13 movie. Yeah. Um, so apparently a few years ago, it was discovered in like the Philippines or something, a print, a film print. <laughs> Uh, of the R-rated cut of this movie, yeah, uh, which I think had been, yeah, had somehow been released like overseas, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And this this one print was remaining, and the right person found it was like, holy shit! <laughs> so it got restored, and um, the I believe the premiere of this of the R-rated cut of it in the United States was at Cinepocalypse at the Music Box, yeah. And so this movie stars a very young Paul Walker and a very young Denise Richards, mm-hmm. so it's got some star power. Power. Does um, and uh, this play the theater was seven hundred fifty seat theater pre COVID yes uh, packed to the fucking gills I think it was sold out it was, yeah oh yeah out, people yeah. were fucking hanging off the rafters like <laughs> um, it was amazing and it killed it was Every, incredible everybody in that theater was losing their mind watching this whole movie it was like easily like top ten if not like top five theater experiences mm-hmm. ever. Um, if not the best, I don't know. It was so good. Um, but yeah, really just made an impression. And then, uh, shortly after this screening, we were all like, holy shit, how can we show this to everyone? Yeah. Uh, vinegar syndrome announced that they were going to be doing, um, this was their first 4k release ever. That's right. Yeah. And they were like, we're getting into 4k and our first movie is fucking Tammy, the T-Rex. And it's like, (laughs) You guys are the greatest company that has ever <laughs> infiltrated humanity. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Anyway, they did a this amazing 4K restoration of it, uh, or you know, a scan of the the restored film print and stuff, and and put it on fucking disc and sold it to the masses. And uh, so it's out there and it's amazing. And everyone we've shown it to has had the same reaction yeah. to it that we had when we saw it in that theater. It's like within five minutes, just like this is already one of my favorite movies. <laughs> It's yeah. I, I challenge you to not be utterly entertained by yeah. this film. It constantly amazes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's highest possible recommendation. Like I don't care who you are. I don't care what your tastes are. Whether this sounds good to you or not, fucking buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I don't have anything else to add. That perfect. was perfect. Yeah. That's man. Just. You just like you just think about it and you just smile. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of movie. It is. All right, my next movie is uh, we're gonna go a little our house here. Yeah, we're gonna get a little deep in the weeds. Mm-hmm. You know, we we wet your whistle with some <laughs> with some history and some you know Paul Walker brain and uh, a giant a giant dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, my next movie is this movie gonna be called uh, is this, it's called the Telephone Book. Uh, so as Doran and I started buying more and more movies from Vinegar Syndrome, it became apparent to me that I needed to have at least one, what I call a questionable purchase. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of these movies, you know, they're, they're, they're good and they're fun, but quite a few of them have a lot of questionable scenes, questionable scenarios, yeah. events that happen in them in today's world. You know, we don't look too kindly upon as entertainment, <laughs> Yeah. you know, uh, but so this one was one that I bought with uh, this movie called Angel that I had heard about. Uh, and I think Angel was actually the more questionable purchase yeah. that I had gotten. But Telephone Book was uh, a close second because Telephone Book is not uh, it's not. Um, we weren't sure when we bought it if it was going to be a porn. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I was pretty confident it was at, at, at least going to be like a softcore porn. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't sure to like what extent, you know 
softcore porn mm-hmm. in this late 60s, early 70s with, yeah. with classify or whatever, right? <laughs> so um so anyways, I bought this movie and um usually when Vinegar Syndrome has uh like a sale coming up or new releases or something really big, uh uh Brad Henderson, who I follow on Twitter, he usually is is one of the uh uh guys who works for Vinegar Syndrome. He usually uh tweets out uh about some movies that maybe are, uh, they're not forgotten, but they're a little bit older, like releases that, that they've had, uh, as just sort of like add-ons. Like, hey, if you're thinking about, you know, checking this one out, this one's a good revenge movie or a good horror movie or this and that. And Telephone Book was one of these movies. Yeah. And um, I'm actually just going to read, I know Dorian made mention of, <laughs> we made mention of, you know, the sort of descriptions that these uh, movies have on the website. Yeah. But um, so the, the plot to this movie is... Uh, a major, though forgotten, work from New York's underground film scene of the late 60s and early 70s. Director Nelson Lyons' The Telephone Book tells the story of Alice, a sex-obsessed hippie who falls in love with the world's greatest obscene phone call and embarks on a quest to find find him. Her journey introduces her to an avant-garde stag filmmaker, a manipulative psychiatrist, a lesbian housewife, and more. So that was just, you know, based off of that. Yeah picked up this movie because it sounded mm-hmm. interesting it was also in black and white and yeah. some of the images on the website just look pretty striking yeah and pretty like really beautiful it sounded so like such a different offering mm-hmm. uh, than the standard you know vinegar syndrome usually expect more like exploitation grindhouse right. uh drive-in kind mm-hmm. of movies yeah. yeah uh so yeah we picked this up and uh dorian came over one day and and we popped it in and we're we're pleasantly surprised at just the mastery of this movie. I'm still trying to collect my jaw from the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, a a beautifully, a beautifully like black and white, you know, uh, on film movie. Um, yeah. About this obscene phone call and uh, kind of the, the world of of obscene phone calls, which, uh, that's another cool thing about vinegar syndrome movies sometimes is that like, at least for me, like it kind of lets me into a world that I, I, I didn't know existed yeah. <laughs> really, but then like it becomes more apparent to me maybe in, in stuff I watch later on that like, oh yeah, this was a thing, you know, back when, you know, there wasn't caller ID, you mm-hmm. know, some people, you know, uh, got aroused or had some sort of pleasure from making obscene phone calls and or getting obscene phone calls, Yeah, right. you know? And so, um, so it was really interesting. And I mean, there's a fair amount of like nudity in this movie, uh, there's a you know uh, there's like sex in this movie, but it's not like overly overly gratuitous. Yeah. It's not like you know I wouldn't call it pornography. Mm-mm. It's more you know it's just it's got a '60s attitude about sex and nudity. Yeah, yeah it's right. Kind of like yeah, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> um, <coughs> but uh, but yeah, just a, a really really good movie. Yeah, really good movie. Really good. Uh, would you call it an art house movie? For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. But it's you know that that. It has such a connotation of being this sort of like stodgy, you know, slow slog of like, you know, tremendous beauty that you just kind of have to get through so you can like have had the experience. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, which it's not that at all. It's actually like a super energetic, really funny, uh-huh. um, very entertaining movie, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's definitely like not traditional in any way in terms of like storytelling or structure or anything like that. So it's just kind of like a ride, you yeah. know, that's really, that's what it is. It's a ride. Also each of these, <laughs> each of these people, like aside from, you know, this, uh, this obscene phone call that she gets aside from the phone call she gets from this man. Um, each of these, uh, 
persons that she meets on her journey to find this this phone caller uh like have their own personal like sexual fixation fixation mm-hmm. which uh is not really revolved around obscene phone calls yeah um but i guess uh the, that's the other thing that was just so um pleasantly surprising to me is that how like uh it might it might be kind of like weird to say but like i guess back in like the late 60s or 70s how open this movie could be and like comfortable mm-hmm. with like oh yeah like i'm really into like th- this sort of turning me on this this thing it kind of turned uh, this uh, it kind of turned just various fetishes into just something that was like everyday normal mm-hmm. like everybody has them and we're just going to meet a couple people who have them but even sort of even sometimes like the people she met on the street seemed to have some sort of like, you know, sexual proclivity that was just like, yeah, you know, normal mm-hmm. and it was fine and it yeah. was OK. <laughs> and and then you just shocked yourself back into like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's trying to find this obscene phone caller, you know. Um, and when we get to that caller, incredible. Yeah. It just Jesus. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. You really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Where this is headed. No, yeah, but no. no, it's it's remarkable. I mean, it's one of those movies that legitimately, you, like, we couldn't... I still don't understand how this is not, like, a famous movie. Agreed. Like, yeah. well-known, revolutionary film. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it felt like that in 2021 when we watched it. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. You know? Yeah, it was... It's something else. It's yeah. a, it's That's another easy recommendation, I would say, to anyone. Yeah, there's a there's a shit ton of them still on the site. Okay, I mean nice. it's, it has yeah. hands down. Like, uh, I hope I hope one day to see it sold out. Yeah, uh, just like more and more people need to see this movie mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But yeah, that's my number. That's my uh, my number two. Yeah, nice. What you got? Um, all right, I'm going with House of Usher. House of Usher I, is yeah, next. Yeah, I'm going with House of Usher. Okay, it's this movie fucking slaps. It's so good. <laughs> Um, so this was my questionable purchase. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I um so yeah, this has become a thing. Yes. You know, that like whenever usually whenever we order vinegar syndrome movies, um you get one that you're like, I'm really on the fence about this. I don't know. <laughs> uh you gotta grab one, you know, because that's where we found some of the gold. Yeah. Like you just said, telephone telephone book. book uh and then this for me. Yeah. Uh, House of Usher. I was just looking at it. I think it was. I, I think it was mentioned that like. Oh, I think they were just running low on it. I okay. don't know if it's available anymore because it's it's a, a VSA. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's completely uh, sold out. Yeah, I think so. Will had one copy on the table. At I the saw that pop up. It was still there on Sunday. Was it? Yeah. I was like, I can't believe. I thought about buying it just to like. I should just give this to someone like Tyler or something. Oh, yeah. Just, you yeah know, but I was true. like, no, no, no. Let's just get it out in the world. <laughs> Um, but they were running low, I think during the like last sale they did or like end of the year or something like that. Um, so I was just like, yeah, you know what? I, I looked at it and, um, you know, read the description and I just, I like the tagline. It was like, um, uh, like a classic horror, a modern passion. Oh, yeah. Modern passion and ancient terror. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I liked it and it just smacked. It looked aggressively 90s. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I think it's 80s actually. I don't I don't remember. It is uh 1989. 89. Okay, so 89. right on the cusp. Yeah. It's 89 and 91 are basically the same thing. Um, so it's aggressively that. Um, and oh my god. I was like 
I was like rocking back and forth on my couch, watch alone watching this movie because I just I could not believe it. <laughs> the whole time, it is a movie that is entirely composed of insane decisions. <laughs> There's not a single sensible idea in this entire film. It's got prestigious actors uh, doing I don't know what. Acting, uh, yeah, they are uh, fucking dude. Acting Oliver Reed happening. and Donald Pleasance both star in this movie, and they are both they're both doing something. I don't know what it is, but it's one of the most magnificent things that's ever graced the screen. <laughs> it's I I think every I think they were just watching each other's scenes, and every scene they were like, oh, he's gonna go that high. Okay, I'm gonna outdo him in the next scene. Oh, DP's in this movie. <laughs> I got him. All right then. <laughs> Um, oh, I mean, he said he said he's going to be in a wheelchair for half the movie. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. It is it is baroque beyond words. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just it's it is just so much all the time, um, and it just constantly perplexes and amuses. <laughs> so this this is so this was one of these movies that you had watched, and then uh, me, Dorian, and and Ben, we have a, a text thread called Vinegar Symptoms. Yeah, that. Uh, this was one of the movies had we like we mentioned earlier where uh, Dorian texted both of us and was just I sent like, out the alarm when you yeah. can get your hands on this like get it and I, I'm on the VS website right now and currently the the hand numbered editions with the slip cover those are sold out the unnumbered dash edition which still has the slip cover mm. it looks like there's 88 left in oh stock. okay okay um, I actually have one of the dash editions oh okay that's what that's what uh, I think these 88 were the last they had that went up for uh, whatever last sale that they did. Gotcha. And then the standard edition without the sl- sleeve is completely sold out. Yeah. So there's 88 left, people. Yeah. Oh, and you need to get on this. Get it's, it. It's one of the, like, I'm I'm having a hard time talking about it because, like, I don't want to say anything. Um, I was going to say that, like, the, the basic plot of the movie is that it's a couple who are going to meet the relatives. It's a newly married couple. Uh, who are um, going to meet the like? She's gonna go meet the uh, her husband's uh, extended family, mm-hmm. right? And then they get in a car accident. Uh, he seemingly disappears. We don't know what happens to him. And then uh, strange occurrences with the family mm-hmm. start to happen mm-hmm. with her <laughs> for the rest of the movie. <laughs> they are a little strange. They're a little strange. Um, and yes, it is based on the Edgar Allan Poe story, the yeah. Fall of the House of Usher. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's. A, a widely adapted story and mm-hmm. so you know it takes it and it, it puts it in a modern setting ish <laughs> kind of thing but holy fuck is it good um it is just like oliver reed i think was like really famous stage actor mm-hmm. uh did a lot of film as well but like one of the you know british just like big presence kind yeah. of actors you know yeah. and like very theatrical so he just has like a you know he's even though he's on film, he's still playing to the back of the room with his performance. And like in this movie, he's playing to like the Walgreens down the street. <laughs> like <laughs> it's he uh, whispers a lot of his lines though, which I kind of I love. Yeah. It's like a screaming whisper. It is. <laughs> but like he whisper he whispers them to people when he's just like right next to them, too. There's no need to whisper. But he's just why don't you go upstairs? And sleep. It's like, dude, just speak. But it's great. 
Yeah. He's incredible in this movie. He really he's, is. He's, I think he's my, he is my favorite part of, of the movie. Him and the butler. Yeah. Uh, Clyde. <laughs> God, I fucking love Clyde, dude. Him and Oliver Reed's relationship. I don't know what it is. Like, I want a backstory, but I don't want it at all yeah. at the same time. Because I just want to be able to fill in yeah. that for myself. And then uh, Donald Pleasance's character also is is really something special. Um, he is he is a man. We were talking about this. I was who did I compare him to? I was like I oh like Jer- he's like a way more talented Jared Leto. Like that's what <laughs> I yeah that's what I've realized. Like he fucking goes there. Yeah. Like because you know the more I've seen him, it's funny because I think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago that like growing up, like I always saw Donald Pleasance as like this really respected actor. Yeah. Um. For know. me, it was like the respected actor in. Halloween. Right, exactly. It was just he like, gave oh, it all this credibility because yeah. he was in it as Loomis. That right. was like such a masterstroke and all this type of stuff. But um, the more that like we've gotten into a lot of this exploitation stuff is like, dude, he was a working actor. Yeah. Like he is in everything. He's in so many of these like Italian movies. I mean, he traveled all over the world, mm-hmm. He, you know, and I've seen him in several like <laughs> Italian films and stuff. And every single one of them he goes for it. Yeah fucking goes for it and then this movie he goes for it to a level i had not even seen previously yeah from him um i mean his character lends itself to it uh his character is almost kind of in a different movie yeah <laughs> i mean it's kind of incredible that, yeah like all that past yeah and he, like yeah we're doing this and he doesn't show up until a certain point in the movie mm-hmm. like a little bit later in the film too yeah. and when you're introduced to him you're just like what the fuck is all of this now yeah because also he's got some stuff going on. He's got an apparatus. I'll call it, <laughs> uh, that I was not expecting. He's got an appendage. Yeah. And, um, there is a wedding scene in this movie that like, I like entire film studies could be <laughs> devoted to just this scene. And I think they would be very fruitful to everyone involved. If only people would take them seriously. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would because you can't. <laughs> it's incredible. It's it is really amazing. Um, and I I yeah, it's uh yeah, no, I was a, a Bobby and Ben both had the exact right reaction after they watched. I mean, you can't not. It is so so outlandish. You had mentioned a particular <laughs> sequence in the wedding sequence to me, or uh and to watch it fully. Yeah was great because there was more yeah. than just what you had mentioned, you know? And I know we're speaking very vaguely here, but like, we, yeah, we, we, all, we all want you to watch it buy be, this movie and watch it. It would be a crime to ruin it, it, any second of it. It would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the entire, the entire, uh, I had actually hit my favorite part in the mm-hmm. wedding sequence before we got to the part that you told me yeah. about. And then we got there and I was like, Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. I know this is, a it's weird like recommend- really hard to talk about. Yeah, this. I yeah. know this is a weird recommendation, but it's just, it's one of those, like, I don't know. You just, you just got to trust us on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a hands down, like must, must own, must yeah. buy. There's 88 copies. Mm-hmm. I can only hope that there's still 40 of you listening to us and that yeah, 40 and will that be gone None soon. of you hesitate yeah. <laughs> to buy this immediately. Right. Yes. Your life and your movie collection in particular will be enriched by it. Um, all right. So my, uh, my last one to, um, to recommend 
uh, is actually like a good one, I think, to kind of end on with mm-hmm. the lists since uh, you started with uh, the yeah. Forgotten Gialli sets. And um, uh, so my last one is this movie called All American Murder. Yeah, uh, it's uh, 1991, directed by Anson Williams. Uh, stars, um, well, the st- one of the stars in it, the most famous star is uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, and so um, this movie is about a kid who um, has always been getting in himself into a lot of trouble, and he has like one last go, uh, one last chance at like a college. Uh, falls for this girl who is there, and then she is like she dies. She ends up getting like burned alive. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> now she doesn't, just, she doesn't exactly die. Yeah, right. She exactly. gets <laughs> brutally murdered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the detective to help out to help out with this uh, this investigation is played by Christopher Walken. Yeah. Now the uh, we'll get to Walken in a moment, <laughs> but. The rest, the basically what rounds out this plot is that uh, Walken, as the detective who is it was supposed to be investigating who killed this girl, right? Basically, lets uh, the uh, um, I forget what the actor's name is, but his name <coughs> in the movie is uh, Artie Logan. Basically, lets Artie like investigate his own, like uh, Artie is being uh, held like for this for this crime. Everybody yeah. thinks that he burned her, like he murdered her, and so um, it didn't look good. Yeah, it did not. Yeah, and so. Walken kind of lets him like investigate his own <laughs> criminal case on campus, but he seemingly like more people start dying like around him. And at every turn, like Walken's just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like you better clear your name, you better clear your name. You know, I'm <laughs> going to give you one last shot, you know, and then just people keep dying. Now this, I bought this movie because a, it sounded hilarious and Walken was in it. Yeah. But it on the back on the description, it uh, it classifies itself. Vinegar syndrome classified it as an American giallo, and I've seen enough giallo that like I I kind of have like a good base of like formula of yeah. like what a giallo is or whatever, right? And so I'm always really interested when something that was made in the states classifies itself as an American giallo. Yeah. I want to see like what the the translation is, you yeah. know. Uh, and this by far, uh, I'm like standing by this is like a hands down american Mm -hmm. giallo yeah like tried and true (laughs) um it's fantastic it's so weird christopher walken is the greatest detective ever the best like it's an american version of an inept italian detective it's so good like (laughs) yeah it's uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. You're it's fine. So you're fine. Good. That's actually a really good. That's actually a really good description <laughs> of uh, of him. Um, yeah, he's got a great opening scene where he's talking down uh, somebody who's holding up a convenience store. Oh my god! In which he tells a story about a woman that he knew that used to be a prostitute. He tells the story about two or three times <laughs> in the same movie <laughs> as like a lesson of some kind, and it gets better every time. Yep. You kind of don't know why he's giving out this information but it's just there mm-hmm. um and it's pretty awesome yeah but uh as another one that i i bought and uh Dorian and i watched and it was it was quite a fucking treat yeah we were my wife was uh <laughs> you know working from home and she was in the office like down the hall from the two of us watching like after the movie she was like you guys were just giggling the entire time <laughs> um and it's true we were because you know we've sort of buried the lead uh because the real star of this movie is the dialogue Yes. Uh, it's this weird shtick 
dialogue that just pervades every line that every character speaks throughout the entire fucking film. <laughs> it's you you can't believe it's almost like an accomplishment that it was sustained yeah. for this long. Um I mean it's it's stuff like <sighs> I feel like, didn't I tell you when we were, I think we were in the middle of watching it. And I feel, I, I think I might've told you that like, I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And I, I thought like, <laughs> while I was watching it, I was just like, I wonder if this is someone who doesn't like Aaron Sorkin when they meet someone who likes Aaron Sorkin, like this is what they hear. Yeah. Right. You know? Whereas I'm like, I love this dialogue. It's snappy. It's great. It's flowing. It's, it's sometimes really emotional, <laughs> but they're hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> And that, yeah, there's lines like, um, God, I, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like, uh, you know, this girl I dated, she, uh, you know, when she was jerking me off, she grabbed my balls so hard it hurt. I guess you could say she was my first crush. Oh, yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's all stuff like that. Yeah. Every line <laughs> of the whole movie, forever, Ugh. from anyone, is like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it just it it's yeah it's it's like the FP also it's it's like oh that's a good pull yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. consistently idiotic in new ways <laughs> <laughs> to the point where you're like it it took like a an, a certain kind of intelligence to be able to come up with all of this you know yeah no. uh, so yeah it almost becomes uh, impressive in its own way. Um, the uh, slipcover is below a thousand. There's a little mm. over nine hundred left on. Uh, the VS website. Gotcha. Totally worth a pickup. I just grabbed my copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy to do it. Yeah. It was there for you. It was. I said, if they have these two movies, I'm buying them. The last, and they were the, both there. The last one there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I bought a third one, which turned out to be a fucking awesome pick. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Um, but yeah, All American Murder, hands down, one of the best, uh, one of the best movies to to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to recap, what were your three again? The Forgotten uh, Gialli so the sets. Forgotten Gialli sets. Uh, Tammy and the T Rex and House of Usher. And mine were Six String Samurai, 4K, uh, the Telephone Book, and All American Murder. Yep, these are hands down. Yeah, like those a, are all a super super good base to start with. Yeah, Alpha Vinegar Syndrome. Like if you placed that order of like these six, well, I guess if you got all three of the forgot or four of the Forgotten Gialli sets. Excuse me, it'd be nine. But uh, if you just place an order for those items, you'd probably get like a handwritten letter from Vinegar Syndrome yeah. along with your like, yo, good job. Good, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a little something of everything. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good like it's gumbo. Well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those. And it's worth mentioning too, that telephone book they mentioned was like, it was, that was one of the movies like they started the company. Oh, yeah. To like restore that film Mm -hmm. like that and some a few others other ones yeah um but that was like one of the originals that they were like man this is like why don't more people know about this we really need to like get this out in the world so like that's yeah that was like a you know raison d'etre kind of thing (laughs) like you know reason for this whole company to exist was like predicated on that film yeah so yeah that one in particular is like a real uh it's just super strong pick Mm -hmm. yeah i can't can't speak highly enough of telephone book (laughs) But yeah, all of them. So good. Um, it's uh, it's February 2nd as we're recording this. So yesterday, actually, February 1st was um, every month on the 1st, 
Vinegar Syndrome puts out uh, a new catalog for the month, like their newer, the new movies that are going to be released for that month and stuff. So um, just in case you're wondering, like when these come out. Uh, so the, for this month, like there's a bunch of mo- bunch of newer movies, their partner labels as well, which I'm sure at some point later on, we'll maybe do like a partner labels yeah, episode. That'd be great. It'd be yeah. really dope to do. Uh, we've been kind of getting into some more partner label for sure. Picks yeah. lately, which have been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, just tag vinegar syndrome on your, uh, your bookmarks on your computer. Yeah. It's an awesome company. Like. They're really cool. Uh, I'm I, Dorian's not uh, on social media at all, but I I follow them on Twitter and on Instagram and everything like that. And uh, always always really cool about like interacting with with the people like us, yeah, who love the movies and are and are uh, talking about them and stuff like that. So uh, can't recommend the site and you know everything they put out enough. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> love them. They're doing the Lord's work. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Got any uh, little little mentions, honorable mentions for anything or? Oh god, I, I mean, there's just a lot. Like, I, yeah, I like don't even want to get into it because we'll just go on for another hour. That's fine. But, um, That's perfect. But yeah, no, I guess just ending on a note of like you know, yeah, like it's it's also cool too beyond just like how much we enjoy these movies that like these are all movies that yeah, like they're not considered these like artistic masterpieces or like having these like super redeeming cultural value and stuff. So like, you know, they're kind of like left to uh, the ravages of time Mm -hmm. and film being a very volatile medium, you know, like these are movies that like literally if a company like vinegar syndrome weren't around buying these up and like even just storing them in the right conditions. Yeah. Like they would literally disappear from the face of the earth and like be irrecoverable. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just also beyond, you know, even just the films themselves and enjoying them. Like the fact that they're just like making sure that these things live on, you know, is just really awesome work and is like super worth your time and money to support. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's all I got, man. Yeah. Same here. I think we're good. Uh, we're going to have more episodes like this Yeah. in the future. They're super fun. Maybe if we're, yeah, if there's a, a movie we come across that, hits us deeply it might just be a whole episode yeah on said film that's yeah i mean that's really the stuff we've been you know consuming the most lately it's not yeah. like there's this huge deluge of movies coming out in theaters that were like oh my god this and this you know it's <laughs> it's been a lot more of this type of stuff and you know it's really where uh, kind of our heads and our hearts have been as far as uh film viewing lately so i will say we're gonna uh, talk about. i yeah. will say there is another uh fantastic beast movie coming out so mm. i'd very much like to continue our uh, <laughs> I think episode 34, 35, mm-hmm. um, fan fiction. Yeah, that's right. So we'll have to dive in. We might need to do that. <laughs> we might need to revisit that. Um, but yeah, no, we'll be doing a lot more of these episodes. Uh, in addition to some trailers, uh, some, I might just want to throw in Dorian's face and kick back and yeah. crack a beer open and watch <laughs> him react. That's about it. Um, but no, uh, we'll definitely be doing, um, some trailers as well. Yeah. So, uh, Dorian, thanks for doing this. Of course. Glad we're back on the mics. Yeah, same here. Feels good. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with uh, some more movie talk. Hell yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye.